Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrate, or granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm a feminist, but the other day I went to write in my notes on my phone, I'm a feminist, but, because I had a good idea, and it auto-corrected it, I'm not making this up, to I'm a demigod, but. (laughs) And I thought, yes, I am. I like that better. So welcome to the guilty demigod. That makes me think that you write demigod a lot. I swear I've never written it and I write I'm a feminist but all the time. If I think of something, you know, I've got to have a lot of them. So I, you know, if I'm going through the day and I do something, frankly, mm. underwhelming for, as far as feminists, if feminists would be disappointed in me, I think brilliant. And I quickly write oh, it down in my phone, yeah. you know. So I thought, this is funny, you know, that it, how does it, why does it suddenly think I'm a demigod? So I went to redo <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's been watching my actions. <laughs> um, they listen to everything, these phones. And uh, so I went to redo it, and I swear it then changed it to, I'm a semi-haircut. <laughs> I'm not making that up. I'm, instead of demigod Bart, I'm a semi-haircut. I'm a semi-haircut. That is genuinely what happened. And I was like, I give up. And do you know, I forgot the original I'm a feminist Bart I came to do and did that one instead. <laughs> so meta. So we'll never know. We'll never know. Gosh. Uh, I'm a feminist, but I would get my tits out for Sue Gray. Yay! Yes. 
Get your tits out. Get your tits out. This is what you expected tonight. Get your tits out. But one of them would be redacted. If you're listening internationally, we're experiencing a little something we like to call Partygate here in the United Kingdom. You've probably heard about it. I hear that my international friends have heard about it, uh, that while we were in the depths of lockdown and not seeing dying relatives and not, you know, hugging our mums and all of those things, apparently they were really living up in number 10 and that's gone down incredibly well with the public. Uh, it's gone down really well with all of us. We've really, we really... Everybody's really, really pleased that yeah. they had a good time. Really, really. Yeah. yeah. And it was not, it's not just like one party that they were working very hard and one night they just went, oh, fuck this, like we're together anyway. 12 of the 16 parties that we know about mm. are being investigated by the police because they're actually pr- very probably criminal. Well, they are criminal, but uh, Sue Gray can't say that, as she said. She can't. They obviously are criminal. It was... She sort of said it, didn't she? She did. It's the sexiest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> she sort of went, yeah. yeah. It's criminal. It's I mean, absolutely criminal. Of course it was. We know, we, we know people who were fined. Somebody said that um, the examples of things people were fined for at the time, I saw someone at um, Prime Minister's Questions, not this latest one, we've been having a lot of them, there's one every day now, I love it, um, saying, some MP saying in his constituency, a nurse was fined 10 grand for having a solo protest um, about nurses' pay and conditions during covid but I think she went outside the House of Commons with a sort of sign saying, look, our conditions are no good. She was fined 10 grand for standing on her own. Fuck off. If I've got the details of that wrong, I apologise in advance, but I will not be retracting it. Because next time you ask me if I said that, I'll just say I didn't. No, I didn't. Um, but I believe that's what it was. I had no idea it was a podcast. And, and, <laughs> I didn't realise I was on a podcast. Mm. I thought it was Home Alone. Uh, <laughs> And that's not libel, is it? Just saying things in your own, your own living room, which is what I thought I was doing. Um, fuck's sake. I got a firm warning for eating a Solero. Did you? Yeah. Did you? But that was in sort of 2018. <laughs> what? Just joking. <laughs> Just being silly. It doesn't sound that silly. If you were in Primrose Hill, you would have been. There was police there sometimes. Not bougie enough. Solero. Just... <laughs> I don't think you got arrested in Primrose Hill for not having a bougie enough ice cream. But they do proper bougie ones around there. Yeah, there's no they question. Do, yeah, like I live in Camden, fruit in which it is not bougie, but I, it's walking distance to Primrose Hill, so mm. I've got bougie in distance whenever I want to. Absolutely. A short walk to the bougie. You can taste the bougie. Bougie, bougie Hill. <laughs> bougie Hill. Um, okay, so I'm a feminist, but when Theresa May, a woman who I would not normally be affiliated with, I do not think is a feminist. Asked Boris Johnson in the House of Commons today, essentially, are you criminally incompetent or just criminal? Either way, piss off. I did punch the air. Yeah. I punched the air. I was like, come on, Theresa May. Mm-hmm. Come on. And that's the thing I resent most about Partygate is it made me punch the air and shout, come on, Theresa May. Yeah. But I did, and I knew as I was doing it, I was like, come on, Deborah, you know when she was in and you... Deborah's man, and I was like, I can't help myself. But that was... It's not the exact word she used because she would have been chucked out. Because if you say that, you have to go because you're not allowed to say any other member is a uh, liar. But today, people were just going... Oh, yeah, Well, the, the head of the SNP did say... Was it the SNP? Yeah. Did say... Uh, 
um, and, and the Speaker of the House kept going, could you retract that and say inadvertently? And he said something like, if the Prime Minister had inadvertently misled us, I would say that. And he mm. went, I'll take that. Yeah, I'll that's take nearly that. there. And, oh, then, and then people were shouting was. and then he had to go, did you really mean it like that? And he went, no, I didn't. I meant he's a liar. And then yeah. he went, well, then you're going to have to get out. And someone said, he's already gone. <laughs> it was great. It's, so, it's, far, it's great TV at the moment, isn't it? It's, it's got to be my favourite season. It's wonderful. Of PMQs. They're really up. The new writers are fantastic, aren't they? Do you feel a bit like last season of Lost, though? Like, where are they going with it? It can't... <laughs> Like it's There's very no direction at all. No, don't know where they're going. Where can it go? I loved. I can't remember who it was. Like last week or the week before, an MP. She said, "Don't you think that we're if we're at a point where the prime minister would rather have the public believe that he is stupid rather than a liar, he should go?" And I thought, "Fuck yeah, that's (laughs) that's great." You've just called him stupid, (laughs) and he can't do anything about it. I'm a feminist, but sometimes I pretend my accountant is my husband. Well, you're going to need to unpack that a bit more, Sarah Keyworth, for us. You can't just put that on the table. You're going to need to unpack that. I need him so much that I like to think, I like to pretend that I'm not paying him. And he loves me. And he's my big, strong, mathsy husband. How does this manifest itself? I call him all the time. Do you ever call him darling or babe or anything like that? No, he wouldn't like that. He Does would he really, know? He'd be very uncomfortable. Does he know you feel like this about him? No, and I really hope he doesn't listen to this podcast. Because oh, otherwise I will need a new accountant. I'm very much planning on sending it to him anonymously. Please do. Maybe he'll marry me. <laughs> People have married for less. No, he wouldn't get much out of it, I'm afraid. He's seen my finances and knows I'm a lesbian. <laughs> what would he be doing it for? <laughs> It'd just be banter at this stage, wouldn't it? <laughs> Your banter is top draw, though. Uh, I'm a feminist, but while I was very delighted, and I genuinely was, by women using their power to stand up to the widespread life-threatening misinformation of Joe Rogan, big up Joni Mitchell and Brené Brown this week, <laughs> by leaving Spotify... Um, my favourite response of all to this debacle was by James Blunt, who tweeted, if Spotify doesn't immediately remove Joe Rogan, I will release new music on the platform. I mean, he's very good. The he's amount of people who, th- who didn't realise that that was a joke and thought that he was coming out in a sort of bizarre, twisted support of Joe Rogan, like, it was like... No. Yeah, they thought, they thought that he was... Uh, People don't deserve jokes. That, yeah, they really don't. What? They were having a go at him and going... But they thought he was sort of really backwardly, backwardly like, saying, if you don't remove him now, then I'll give you what you want. Oh. In a very, and it was, I'm, oh, if you don't remove him, I will release... Yeah, please don't. Twitter's full of idiots, that's, isn't it? I mean... Have you noticed that's that? That's not inclusive language, Sarah, but yes. Okay. Um... <laughs> But, you know, I'm right. It's, right. it's not, I mean, you know. We can redact that. It will be redacted. Oh, Sue Gray has made redacting so fun. She's made it fun and sexy and hot. She do has. you have a final Amber Feminist part? I do, I do. And this might take some explaining, and if people don't know this, then I will really get into it. 
Uh, I'm a feminist, but I will continue to objectify the green M&M regardless of how much they rebrand her. I don't... Is this... I say I saw a news story about this, but I wasn't sure what it was. Is so... There, is the green M&M been redacted? For many, many years, the green M&M has been living her sexy, sexy, slutty life. Samantha. Right. She's Samantha. She's Samantha. She is. She wears big, tall go-go boots and owns her sexuality. Yes. Recently, in a sort of strange move to be... Uh, it's not it's not feminist. feminist is it well uh, it's sort of oh, slightly old school feminist it's like yeah, don't objectify they've, they've they've bought her a pair of trainers which are still sexy sure and it's sort of the messaging is like we don't want this m&m to be sexy anymore because we we oh. assume that's wrong but in reality feminism is about owning one's sexuality and women should be able to celebrate being slutty, slutty pieces of chocolate <laughs> encased in green sugar. I'm guessing that's an all-male marketing department who are very panicked. Absolutely. Like, I, I don't know. It's, uh, I'm confused by Instagram. What do women well, wear? We shouldn't be objectifying M&Ms, but at the same time, M&Ms under a capitalist society can commodify their bodies. But we do, we do want to fuck her when she wears the heels. Yes. So. <laughs> Hold on. Okay, I'm going to ask a question now. Is the green M&M the only female M&M? No, there is another female M&M. I think it's is the brown she, M&M. Is she a sexy? Uh, I think she also wears trainers. She's not, not as famously sexy, but then again, you know, it's about type, isn't it? <laughs> Which M&M do you fancy more, green or brown? The green, but I am into femme women, so... <laughs> and sweets, as it turns out. Yeah, Car- she- do you fancy the Caramello Bunny? We've had that on here before. Absolutely. <laughs> but if she wore trainers, I'd still be into it. Good to Does know. Does she wear shoes? Should... Caramello no, Bunny? Somebody like, no. <laughs> Live from King's Place in London, the Spontaneity Shop presents The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Francis White, guest co-host Sarah Keyworth, and our very special guest, Ashley Mahindra, talking about faultiness. Guilty Feminists, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. I'm Deborah Francis White. With me is Sarah Keyworth, and we're talking about absolute bolshiness. <laughs> Hello. Do you want to sit there? Oh, I don't know. Sit there. I think I feel. Oh, that. Oh, I don't know. We're not meant to touch each other's mics, so oh you should probably keep that mic now. I've no. Well, okay, how are we going to get that mic over here without touching it, though? Oh, shit. We're in a conundrum here. Okay, has anyone recently had COVID? No, you can't. (laughs) We don't want... We need someone immune. Okay, why don't you just sit here? Okay, that's a good idea, isn't it? Yeah. And then it's going to be fine. It's not the normal side. And I'm I'm just coming out of the Zoom world. I've really not... I'll be honest with you guys. Please take a seat. I've not enjoyed the Zoom era. I feel like the Guilty Feminist has become more like everyone else's podcast, which is just like some people chatting about stuff. And I didn't want to do stand-up on Zoom because... (sighs) Just, can you do stand-up to two other people on Zoom? Yes, I have. It's horrible, isn't it? A lot. It's genuinely horrible, though, isn't it? It's awful. It's absolutely awful. It's really soul-destroying. I got heckled by a sigh. (laughs) I did a punchline and I just heard... (sighs) Yeah. 
It's the worst day of my life. <laughs> it, it is, it is. Because then all the other person can do is also go, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. <laughs> you know the way Miranda on And Just Like That laughs at Shay's stand-up, mm-hmm. even though it clearly has no punchlines? You're saying this to me like you think I watch Sex in the City. Listen, Look just at imagine. my face. <laughs> okay, you must, you, you must, you must, though, have heard, heard of Shay Diaz. You haven't heard of Che Diaz? No. Why am I 100 years old now? What's going on? I cannot know more memes than you. I won't have it. No, I'm sure we know different memes. We're oh, different people. Yes, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I, I, do, I have my own shit going on. Yeah? <laughs> I'm my so own, sorry. Do my own memes. I have here. rudely accused you of not knowing the Che Diaz meme and I really feel bad. I, I don't just, know it though, to be fair. Give, give a cheer if you know the Che Diaz meme. Two people. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Give a cheer if you don't know who Che Diaz is. Wow. I don't know if they're just going out in solidarity with I you. I think they are. She's Miranda's new... Oh, they. Oh, my God. I've misgendered Che Diaz. Oh, God. Don't worry. They don't know who they are. <laughs> it's true. It's I think fine. I got away with it you just on the basis that you don't know who they are. So, Che Diaz... Che or Che? Che, I think. Che Diaz. No? What are you saying? No spoilers, they're saying. No spoilers. But there's only one episode to go. <laughs> Come on. You must know that Shay... I won't spoil the show. Just... I won't spoil any plot. But they might be the love interest of Miranda. <laughs> but they also That's not could a spoiler. Not be, That's like so... that. If you can't tell that they're going to be the love interest of Miranda from the very first frame of that show, then you're not watching. You're on your phone. <laughs> okay. Okay. Would you say you were a Miranda or a Charlotte or a Samantha or a Carrie? I want to be the sexy one. That's, What's you're her a, name? You're a Samantha. I'm a Samantha, She's yeah. She's out of it now. I want to be the sexy one who's having no part of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's who I want to be. I want to be... Oh, oh, thank you. I want to be the one who's having so much sex that she stayed at home. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That is the That's my dream. The sexy one who's having no part of it. That is a great answer. I, Thank you. I'm just, I can't tell you how impressed I am by that little bit of... Reason. I think you know more about that than me as well, so I don't know how funny that is. I don't think you know how funny that joke yeah. is. <laughs> I feel like I'm having a dream sequence. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so our theme today is bolshiness. Are you ever anyone who won't take no for an answer and who can kind of square up either to the establishment or to individuals? Mm, I'm not particularly bullshit. I'm not particularly assertive. Uh, I do get a lot of road rage. Do you? Yeah, I'm guessing that that's probably the most bullshit I get. But I am encased in a big metal safety zone when I do that. How does the road rage manifest itself? Swearing. Do you swear at people? And do they yes. know that you're doing that? Do you do it to yourself? Or you go, oh, you fucking idiot. Like, oh no, we're not saying idiot. Hold on. Uh, could you give me a good... Road rage swearing. Wankstain. Wankstain. I really can't Was that sell an that. answer to this or is something happened? It's hard to know if that was a heckle or not, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. I don't think I can pull that off. Oh, God, that's a real I'm a feminist, but I don't think I can. I can't. What, what else could I say that was not going to be pejorative but was very insulting? Fuckwit. Fuckwit. Oh, yeah. I think, I think fuckwit. I think fuckwit's fine. Okay. All right, so are you the kind of driver that goes, fuck wit, or are you the kind of driver that goes, fuck wit? Uh, both. I do, I do fuck wit, and then I drive for sort of 10 more minutes thinking, fuck wit. All right. 
So if you're listening at home, one of those came with a gesture, yeah. and I think you can probably tell what the gesture was and which one it was. Yes. Uh, just, just by listening. It was um, a peace sign. <laughs> can you channel the road rage into feminism? Can you get that angry, the, as angry as you get with a driver about the way the country is being driven or the way women's rights are being driven or do you see what I mean? Can you? No, I mostly just care about road rage. <laughs> but do you think you could access your bolshiness? This is what I'm interested in tonight. Can we access our bolshiness from one part of our life and redirect it into feminism where it would be useful? Not to say that the only tool for feminism is anger because the way we get something done is not necessarily with anger, although anger can be a good piece of it, but it's a great motivator so do you think you could have a go at, as a challenge, taking your road rage, getting that feeling, so access, a bit like a method actor is what I'm suggesting, Sarah. So you get into the thing, someone's just cut you up, they could see that you were trying to get in, or mm-hmm. they just went in front of you, you, there was no room, and they almost caused an accident there. Can you feel that rage? I'm getting angry now. Yeah, okay. Are you feeling the, the, yep, okay, great, that's coming out. Mm-hmm. Okay, and now I want you to think about... Uh, the representation in the House of Commons and how overwhelmingly male it is, even though we got the vote uh, in well, f- women all, all women got the vote in twenty uh, in not twenty twenty eight that would be in nineteen twenty eight. So we got. I the- mean, that does that does make me angry separately. I don't need to sit and think about road rage to be annoyed about the representation of women. But but can Parliament. you channel it into ugh, action? Do you see what I mean? Can you, can you channel that feeling? I, th- I think so. Okay, that's what we're going to try and do this week. We're going to take our rage and rechannel it into Ooh, like writing gonna a letter. I'm going to tweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to do a big tweet. <laughs> we could start with a tweet. Yeah. Can we then go, or I don't know, these are just cause. I don't feel that's a particularly quick, doable cause. Has anyone got a cause that they would like to shout out? Yeah. Give us something to care about. I want to take something personal from someone in the audience. Has anyone got something they're working on at the moment or something they're angry about at the moment that's feminist? Refugees. Refugees, okay. And are you, are you particular... For or against? <laughs> it's, it's good to clarify. Are you... And are you working on something particular at the moment or are you, have you been posting something particular at the moment? Okay, so you're working on a project where you're... Um, okay, so you're working on a project where you're working with refugees to make sure that they learn to speak English and they're not excluded, which is a great thing to be doing. Uh, but it angers you that that's not being sufficiently done by the government and you're having to do this scheme. So you're wanting to get more attention for this. Okay, so this is what we need to do. Find the rage that we feel for those small things that hit us on a personal level that maybe hit our... Maybe it's our amygdala and channel them into something that we know is, that we do feel angry about, but not quite so angry as we do in that moment. This is my theory. Is everyone with me? Yeah. So shout out something that pisses you off where you think it's a bit petty, but I get really pissed off. One, two, three. Men. Men. Okay. Hashtag not all men. We have some men in the audience tonight. We don't want them to feel alienated. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag not all men. Some men sometimes behave in some ways that you do not like. Okay, are we talking about dating apps now? Yes. Okay, great. All right. Men on dating apps, I will accept. Uh, So men on dating apps uh, channel that rage into what cause? 
Lesbianism. <laughs> you get the idea. You it's get the right. idea. You get the idea. So, uh, so Sarah has, for example, in this in this example, suggested that instead you find lesbians on dating apps. Uh, this is just a suggestion. <laughs> it's not the way that I meant this to go, but I think I think you know where I'm, I'm going for. Shout out something else that makes you annoyed. Yeah. Oh, he's a piece of shit footballer who's just been very, very obviously accused of sexual assault. His girlfriend has hard evidence and there are still men on the internet being like, innocent till proven guilty. And it's like, maybe we should just... Fuck you all. Okay, so I just realised I was speaking to Deborah Francis White and I was like, don't say the word, kill them all. Um... (laughs) Mason Greenwood, listen, where it comes to homicide, I am a modifying force, I admit. Um, (laughs) He's a a criminal. Okay, so Mason, okay, so you hear a story like that, you get really, really angry, and instead of just going, I'm really, really angry about that, I'm going to retweet that and go, he's a twat, what are we going to do about it? So maybe then, here's a good example, you find a local shelter in your area that is sheltering women who have come from uh, situations... Uh, where they've experienced male violence and you go and do something for that shelter or you go and donate something to that shelter and so you use the rage to put something good into the world but because you're really feeling it at the moment it actually makes you go oh you think oh where is it again and oh it's two blocks out of my way no 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 I'm going to go there and on the way I'm going to go to Boots and I'm going to buy some stuff or I've got all that stuff that I said I would take to a refuge under my steps that I haven't ever done so do you see what I mean this is my idea so if you could tweet us or Instagram us during the week and tell us what have you been doing? So what was your rage trigger? And then what good thing did you do? This is an idea. It's a theory. Do you, well, should we have a go at it? Great. Okay. Hello, Guilty Feminists. It's Deborah. We will be in Brighton on the 5th of March for our big International Women's Day bumper show. I will be there with Jessica Hines from Spaced and W1A and from our big Royal Abbott Hall show. We'll also be there with Zoe Lines, Sakisa, Jess Robinson, Grace Petrie and Laurie Penny. It is a bumper International Women's Day special. Get your tickets now. Uh, the second show on the UK tour is in Nottingham on the 6th of March. We'll have Jade Adams, Jen Brister, Celia AB and Jess Robinson. And we're continuing around the UK. We are coming somewhere near you and we will have the rest of our comedians' bills announced soon. And on the 14th of March, Alison Spittle and I are coming to Vicar Street for one of our legendary Dublin shows. In July, we're coming to Australia and New Zealand. Get tickets for all of these at guiltyfeminist.com. And finally, if you'd like to join our Patreon, you'll get ad-free episodes and some other goodies from as little as £2.50 a month. So if you'd like to support the podcast, join Patreon now. And now, on with the podcast. Are you ready for some stand-up comedy? Then please welcome to the stage the incredible Sarah Kiwa. Yeah, 
yes, yes. Well, uh, very much like the green M and M, I've been trying to, uh, to, to. I've been trying to embrace who I am. Uh, that's my uh, sort of plan for this new year. Embrace my body. Embrace the person that I am. Uh, I'll be starting sixth form on Monday. Uh, <laughs> that's what's going on with me. I look. I'm, I'm turning thirty next year. This is my last year of my twenties, but I don't look it. Uh, is what I've been told uh, recently. Last summer, I was walking my friend's dog down the street and there was a man on the other side of the road and he stopped and upon seeing I don't know what happened this like burst out of him I was walking down the road and he just saw me and he stopped and he went no school today <laughs> like that and I just stopped and be like oh I'm 28 years old <laughs> and he went oh that's weird I thought you were a young boy <laughs> And I was like, I'm weird. Why are you starting a conversation with a young boy? What's your plan? It's very strange. But because of this, I, just, I never think people fancy me at all. I had the weirdest experience with somebody fancying me. Last year, I moved house and I hired a couple of men to help me move house. Very good, aren't they? You handy, aren't they? Very good. Uh, Love, these two very nice Bulgarian men helped me move house. I told one of my friends that I'd done this. I said, I've got a couple of men, a couple of men helping me move house. Uh, and she immediately volunteered to help as well. And I thought that's because she, she, she was being a good mate. It turns out she just hadn't seen men in about 18 months. And she'd heard I'd bought two. And she likes men. She was probably into this. So she, uh, so she came round to help as well. And she wanted to flirt with them all day. And they just weren't, they weren't going for it at all. And she was sort of getting increasingly frustrated about these two men not flirting back with her. And then eventually she pulls me into a room. And she looks at me and she goes, do you know what? I've worked out what the fuck is wrong with these guys. And I was like, what? And she was like, they fancy you. And I could tell it had absolutely broken her, right? She, she didn't know what to do with this information. Looking in her eyes, I could see she was trying to work out whether or not they were gay or whether I'm a traditional Bulgarian sex symbol. <laughs> uh, she was completely baffled by the whole thing. And I was like, do you know what? I don't think that's true. I don't think that they fancy me. I think that maybe what we've got here is just two, two men in the house doing the job, not fancying anyone. <laughs> Have you thought about that? We considered that for a hot minute. Uh, I was wrong. She was right. They fancied me. Um, uh, I'll tell you how I knew, because I was walking up some stairs. At one point, I was walking up the stairs. I was holding a big box. One of these guys walking behind me, he's holding a box as well. And suddenly, out of nowhere, he just goes, Mmm, you make very nice view. Like that. That's what he said. And I heard that, and I thought, that's not quite right, is it, that? That's not right. He shouldn't have said that. I'm going to say something now. I'm going to say something to him because it's not right that he said that. I'm going to say something right now. I said, thank you. Because I still had a sofa to move. <laughs> I needed that man. I needed his big, strong arms. So what was I going to do? I was thinking about it because it is bad, isn't it? That's bad. I've been sexually harassed in my own new home by a man holding a box of my own pants. That's the worst part is that he already had what he wanted, really. It was like a weird, sexy game of deal or no deal, you know? <laughs> if he just dared to open it, he'd have had the jackpot. That's a... The worst part, but I was, I was thinking about it. At the end of the day, I was thinking it was, it was quite bad. He shouldn't have said it. He shouldn't have said it, and that was quite bad. At the same time, I do, I do hope he meant it. 
I do, because otherwise he's just taking the piss, isn't he? I was like, what? I've got, I've got no idea what this Bulgarian sarcasm, you know? I don't know the culture. I've got no, I, got, I got paranoid at the end of the day. I was thinking, what if he's driving home in the van with his mate now and just all of a sudden he just goes, uh, hey, uh, uh, guess what? Uh, I, I told the tiny boy one she had nice ass. <laughs> And his mates, they're like, oh, yeah, do you think that she believe you? And he's like, oh, do you know what? I think she believes me. And then he gets home to his family, and they're all sat around the dinner table. And he's like, I cannot tell you how tiny this ass was. And his kids are there like, tell it again, Papa. <laughs> Just losing their minds. I have to apologise, I, I don't know anything about Bulgarian accents, by the way, but I have vetted that with, uh, with a Bulgarian person. I said, is that okay? And she went, mm, it's pretty good. And I was like, oh, thank you, that's very nice. I was like, actually, just out of interest, what is a traditional Bulgarian sex symbol? And she just went, mm, it's not you. <laughs> so, so that's nice. God, thanks, thanks, so, that's lovely. That's, that's, do I come back now? Sarah Kay with everybody! All right, it's time for our guest. Woo! Our guest today is a writer and actress who has appeared in many critically acclaimed dramas, including The Bodyguard, Vigil, and the recent Netflix release, Munich, The Edge of War. She is currently developing a TV series based on the life of the suffragette Princess Sophia Dilip Singh. It felt like that was music underscoring her entrance, didn't it? But I think it was just someone's phone going off. Please welcome to the stage, Anjali Mahindra. Hello. Yes, it's very VIP here. Um, I don't know. We did not put that That will stop you. I think it's... (laughs) I think it is just to indicate, it's, it's new for the times of COVID, I think. Hello, hello. I should stand up and then, but now what do we do? We do uh, this. this. Yes, hello. hello. Welcome. Come hello. take a seat, hello. Um, Yeah, I think that's a new, because that was never there. I think it's the times of COVID rope just to say to the audience, we know how much you want to touch us <laughs> and have us, interview, have us interview your breasts. I meant sign, autograph. <laughs> I think I meant autograph interview when I said Interview your breasts. <laughs> How long have you been breasts? <laughs> funnily enough, that is what I would do. If someone said, could you sign my breasts? I'd be like, I could interview them. <laughs> so how long, have the you been the, how long have you been the left one? Mm. Um, are you the same size or is there a subtle difference? Mm. Um, I don't I would really like to interview some breasts now, but I won't. I'll interview Angeline. Go on then. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, Angeline, you've done some very exciting TV shows. And you, you have... Uh, really been exploding all over the shop. Uh, tell us first. I mean, I metaphorically. exploding boobs in my head now. No, I don't I'm know so why. sorry. I'm so sorry I put them there. The rage you feel when you see exploding boobs, channel that into something positive. So tell us firstly, how was it doing The Bodyguard? Because that was a big hit show. It, yeah, it was quite thrilling because I was a massive fan of Line of Duty and Bodyguard is written by Judd Mercurio who writes Line of Duty. So I was really quite overwhelmed, nervous, anxious, excited to get involved and yeah, I didn't actually know the twist before I accepted the jobs. When I found that out, reading the script alone in my home, I was just like, shit, this is pretty cool. It's a bit of a Kaiser Soze twist to this character. 
Yes, indeed. And you are currently, I won't say any more now because I've realised I'm just inviting spoilers, but you are currently developing a TV series based on the Anita Anand book about Princess Sophia Jaleep Singh, who was a very famous Asian suffragette. And we're very excited about that because we had Anita on, but a long time ago, years ago. So could you please tell us about Princess Sophia? Yes, Princess Sophia Dilip Singh was the daughter of the last Maharaja of Punjab. Um, she was born and raised in exile in England and was one of Queen Victoria's goddaughters. And um, later in life, she became one of the leading suffragettes. But we don't really know that much about her because she was a princess. Um, she was often not arrested when she kind of should have been as a suffragette, making major moves with the gals. Um, and uh, just because it would be such a huge scandal to have a princess in custody. Um, so she just didn't really make the papers in the way that the other suffragettes did. But she's in the diaries of all the leading suffragettes um, and did some pretty bullshit stuff. She really, really did. We think that she got away with a lot of stuff because she was Queen Victoria's goddaughter. Yes, that's, that's right. right yes. That? But she used that privilege in an incredible way because she could have just gone, look, life's pretty great for me. I've got lots of influential male friends. I live in Hampton Court. Everything's fine. Um, But instead, she was constantly down there in the scrum. There was proper police violence going on. And she also did a lot of civil disobedience She did, yeah, she did. not Not just protesting. Like, I was reading that she... She didn't pay her license. And when I first saw I was like, did they have the TV license during suffragettes? So, uh, I, the BBC I was like, were fuming. Yeah, I was like, I feel, I feel this is too early for her not to pay the TV license. I mean, obviously, I knew she didn't pay a TV license, but that's how it reads. But it was actually for her dog and her carriage. Um, she needed a license. And when they'd come down, her, she'd be like, Her dog nah. and her carriage? Yeah. She had a carriage pulled by a dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's a fucking legend. <laughs> There was a carriage. Tiny was she? <laughs> there, was a, there was a carriage and there was a dog. No they couldn't arrest her. She, <laughs> she was her. pulled along by a husky on a sled. <laughs> I think these were separate things. Okay. And uh, she was like, why would I pay it? It's a tax. And I don't have representation because I'm a woman and there are no laws made for me. And so until I get legislation and representation, I'm absolutely not paying it. And because she was royalty they were just like ah. but george v actually said um can't we do something about her um and was like you know is there nothing we can do but she just used that privilege over and over and over um do you know a lot now because you're working on it how she was received internally and whether they were trying to put pressure on her as in the royal family were trying to put pressure or, on her and the government I think the government and the sort of royal office in, in Britain were just trying to quieten down the Dalip Singh family and hope they'd just sort of like peter out and disappear and become not very important people because there was still a real risk of a revolution or of um, the rebels sort of helping usurp the throne and take it back for India. So, um, I mean, there are claims, Catherine claimed, Sophia's elder sister, that she was sterilised. Um, though there was no real sort of detailing about scientifically how that was possible um also victor her elder brother his wife was invited she was a british woman invited for tea with the queen and she was very excited to finally be accepted into the royal family and the queen just literally said you're not to have any children with him because they just didn't want to carry on the line and run any risk of later usurpment if that's the right word wow really spoil a tea party wouldn't it yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, this is really sinister stuff. Mm. That they didn't want to have any children because they didn't want the the, line, the bullshit the line. line to continue. Wow, and the line that rightfully should have been uh, in India. Um, yeah, that's kind of terrifying. Was there anything else about her that drew you to write about her? Yeah, hers and her dad's, because her dad, Dalip, he signed away his empire aged nine. Him and his mum were split up. His dad, Ranjit Singh, died. And his elder half-brothers, he was the youngest, all sort of took themselves out in a race to the throne in a Game of Thrones-esque sort of sequence. Like, one of them claimed that a bridge had just fallen on his brother's head because he was next in line. So it was a bit of a... A bloodbath. And then Dalip, the youngest... But a bridge hadn't fallen on his head. He'd pushed the bridge. He'd pushed the bridge, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he'd pushed the bridge. My God, that's so Game of Thrones, isn't it? Proper Game of Thrones. So Dalip, by the time he was six, had already seen so many people die and be stabbed and throat slashed and brothers, yeah, bridged. Um, (laughs) Proper bridging. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was massively... he, He was a huge sufferer of PTSD. That's quite clear from the history books and the diaries. Um, but him and his mum were separated and he signed away his kingdom to England and the protection treaty that basically said, we'll look after this for you till you're of age, until your mum returns, even though they'd put her, his mum in exile. And then they never gave Punjab back. That's bonkers because the British never steal anything. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gosh, what a shock. I... <laughs> <laughs> You've said that, like, the whole of India is in the British Museum. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, so are you going to play her? No, I'm not. I think I have it in my deal that I could, but I don't, I don't know. I don't want to shoehorn myself into a character that I'm so obsessed by, Sophia, and trying so much to represent her as accurately as possible that it would feel a little bit, yeah self-serving so, if I suddenly was like and it's me <laughs> I, I feel a man would do that I don't a man think would I, do yeah that. I don't do you honestly think that a man would be like I think she I've would written do this that. for somebody exactly like my casting but it shouldn't be me in case anyone thinks I've got tickets on myself I feel you should play her <laughs> who feels who feels that actually should play her in the yeah. interest of being bolshie mm. yes yes absolutely step into that Princess Sophia headspace I'll do it <laughs> what a it's, show. A, it's a very kind offer, Sarah. <laughs> and I'm sure actually we'll keep that it in mind. Fucking bonkers. It, it would be. It, no, I'm sure actually we'll keep that in mind. Yeah. If there is a part. Put me on a long for, list. You know. Yeah, absolutely. If there is <laughs> a part deal. for Sarah Keyworth, then <laughs> please. Deal. Yes. Well, I'm going to have to get Nottingham into it somehow. Yes, absolutely. That would make sense for her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the show that you're working on it is a scripted drama based on her life as yeah. a suffragette yeah that's right I think uh, there have been talks in the past of trying to make a film out of Sophia's life but it's far too there's so much amazing game changing stuff that she did and that her family did as well that it's just yeah it needs to be a series so yeah because her life is too much for a film that's what I want them to say about me when, <laughs> when I, well, it has to be a TV show why because she's low rent no she did too much for a full length mm-hmm. motion picture I'll say that about you yeah could you it won't be true um, but just, just spread it at my funeral. Uh, oh, tell, tell them it's in development. Um, I love that, though. I love that. that, that so you're going to be able to see... So it'll little be, will it be a little bit like The Crown, where you'll see different seasons, where you'll see her as she grows up? 
Yeah, I think so. There will at least be two seasons, and I think the production company are hoping there'll be more. Um, but yeah, I think you'll see her grow, probably not from a child, I think from the age of 17. She got invited, and I was writing, I wrote this before I saw Bridgerton, and then I saw Bridgerton and literally just wanted to throw the whole thing in the bin. My boyfriend was like, calm down, because she, she attended a debutante ball, yes. uh, Queen Victoria's debutante ball. She was invited, and it was, um, it was just after a period of them all being really, well, kind of a bit destitute, because their dad had tried to take them all back to India and was stopped at the Suez Canal. They were like, you cannot set foot in India. There will be an uprising. So he felt he couldn't go back to England because that would be embarrassing. So he disappeared to Paris and disowned the family. Uh, and so all the kids moved back to England. Their mum, who was massively pious and religious and didn't drink, became an alcoholic and died within a year. Oh, so you've got these children who are essentially orphans. Bailiffs turn up, got the house. The house is put up for sale. They're literally in a very desperate situation. And then the queen comes in. The Queen had lots of ethnic god pets, Queen Victoria. They lots were of... ethnic god children. I call them god pets. Oh, I think I was like, I was so confused. I was we, like, pets, we can't pets. say that, Deborah. No, can I we not like, say that? What, no, certainly not. I can't say that, but you can and go on saying it. <laughs> yeah, it's a reincarnation of Sophia. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not claiming to be a reincarnation of Sophia, by the way. You heard it here first. She's back. (laughs) Yeah, very much the reason you should play her. Uh, So go on. So she had lots of... uh, Ethnic godchildren, yes. Who were the the daughters and sons of deposed kings and queens whose countries she had taken into the empire. Was it almost pet-like? Like like a sort of collective... Kind of felt a bit pet-like. Grim. The relationship, a godparent, I mean, I don't have godparents. I'm not very familiar with how a godparent-child situation operates. But... I have a goddaughter and I keep her in a cage. Yeah. <laughs> She's white, though, so it's fine. <laughs> I've taken mine to Disneyland. Did she do that? No, she did not. No, she gave her a China dollar and invited her around for tea once or twice, I think. So, oh, I, so yeah. we all do it differently. <laughs> I read that, was it Sophia that gave Queen Victoria a doll called Sophia? And then I read uh, somewhere that she loved, Queen Victoria loved this doll so much she gave it to her housekeeper's daughter. And I was like, she loved it so much she gave it to her housekeeper's daughter. I was like, "Ah!" Oh, wait, that Sophia gave the China doll to her housekeeper's daughter. Oh, I thought it was the Queen Victoria oh. gave it to her housekeeper's daughter. I thought Princess Sophia gave... This could all be redacted. Princess Sophia gave a China doll of herself to Queen Victoria. And Queen Victoria said, I love this so much. Um, it's one of the circuits <laughs> around. Gonna, Do you have a child? I'm just going to put it in the bin yeah. for safekeeping. You g- give that to Trixie Bell. I gave um, my mum some gin for Christmas and she immediately gave it to my aunt. So that's like the same thing. She said it was so delicious. I had to give it to Kath. So, yes, that is a yeah. similar. Yeah, it's a snub. It's a oh snub. Oh my god, I really it's relate. A, it's a straight up snub. Um, so, it, it, what was the scene that you said was like Bridgerton? The debutante's ball. Just being invited to a debutante's ball right. and the nerves and the stakes of coming out of that. I don't think you have anything to worry about. I feel this is so different yeah. that I understand that uh, Bridgerton has. It feels like it stepped on some of this territory, but Bridgerton is so fanciful world, all made up. At their debutante's ball, they're like playing Billie Eilish. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Damn, there goes my plan. (laughs) Uh, I'm so excited about this, and I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Is there 
anything that you would like people to know about Princess Sophia in terms of being a suffragette that could inspire us to be similar? Well, the true bolshiness quality that she has is that she had everything actually by the time she'd attended the debutante's ball it was a huge success she'd been given a salary by the queen the family had sort of been re-brought into the respectful sort of echelons of society but yet she still fought really hard for inequality Mm. i think for someone who has everything to still want to do that when they could lose so much they could lose everything she could have completely she saw what happened to her dad by pissing off the queen um but yet she still carried on i think that is something Yeah, to act from a place of privilege, I think, is really inspiring. Yes, because she absolutely didn't need to. And she could have thought, well, I've gone through so much. I'm myself somebody who's lost so much. And because of the power structures, I'm now going to enjoy the little bit that I've got and not endanger it. But she really did endanger. She could have gone to prison for what she did. And she knew that her privilege was the the proximity to power was that thing that she had. And I think anybody here tonight slash listening to a podcast, we have got proximity to influence by the fact that we listen to podcasts and we're engaged in this world. So not being frightened to use that, um, I think, is a wonderful thing. Well, we can't wait till that uh, show is on the television and we can uh, consume it. We can please make it bingeable. Um, I will do my best. A wonderful guest, Ashley Mahendra. Give Thank a you. Thank you so much. You have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Cox's wife, guest guy Sarah Keyworth, and our very special guest, Anjali Mahindra. The recording engineer was Rorandi Lizimbra. Music was Mark Hodge. The producer was Tom Selinski for The Spontaneity Shop. Thanks to Zoe, Sally, and everyone at King's Place, as well as all of you for listening. More information about this and other episodes, visit guiltyfeminist.com. Yeah, he's definitely a Carrie. <laughs> he's an accountant. He's a Miranda. My God, you really... I've got no need idea. I meant, my mum's called Carrie. I meant her. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to have a proper sex and city tutorial. Come round to mine and we'll, we'll go through it all. Thank you, I'll have I a PowerPoint presentation. I'd love that. Uh, would you? If you would. I really I'm... don't know. I don't, I've got no idea. Well, let's, let's find out. It's just nice to be invited. <laughs> uh, uh, is it me? It is. The Guilty Feminist is provided exclusively from Acast. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. 
Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.